Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God is withholding from us any response to us. And that's a great difficulty for us. But here's the thing. We actually want God to remain silent. And here's why. Because were he to explain the reason for our suffering, he would and could, in effect, nullify the purpose of our suffering. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Job. When we're in times of trial, we must have faith that God has a reason for it. We can't make this reason apparent to us. For if he does, we will likely miss out on the actual lesson he intends. Pastor J.D. assures us that God is with us in all trials and that God allows our trials for a reason. We must have faith that the hardships we endure are for the best. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Job, chapter 7, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 7, Oh, remember that my life is a breath. My eye will never again see good. The eye of him, verse 8, who sees me will see me no more. While your eyes are upon me, I shall no longer be. As the cloud disappears and vanishes away, so he who goes down to the grave does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him any more. In other words, his life is like that cloud that's here and then gone. It just vanishes. It, it reminds me of what James says, that our lives are like a vapor. Life is short. The brevity of life. Verse 11, Therefore, I will not rest- restrain my mouth. I can't keep silent. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. And you know what? That's okay. Again, I just need somebody to just listen to me. I am in such pain and such anguish and such bitterness of soul. I cannot keep silent. And then in verse 12 he says, Am I a sea or a sea serpent that you set a guard over me? This is something that he's questioning God concerning. Am I a troublesome sea or a dangerous sea monster that you have to to restrain me and put a a guard over me. Verse 13, when I say, my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint. Then, verse 14, you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions. (laughs) In other words, I think to myself, okay, maybe I can just sleep just for a little bit and just have a little bit of relief. And God, what do you do? You, you give me nightmares that terrify me, so I don't want to go to sleep. So, verse 15, that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than my body. I loathe my life. I would not live forever 
let me alone, for my days are but a breath. It's, it's like he's pleading with God, God, just, just leave me alone. Just please leave me alone. Verse 17, and this has, it's, um, it's in Psalm 8. I want to say Psalm 8. I, I might be corrected on that. But it's, it's repeated in Psalm 8. Listen to what he says. What is man that you should exalt him, that you should set your heart on him, that you should visit him every morning, pardon me, and test him every moment? How long will you not look away from me? And Let me alone till I swallow my saliva. Have I sinned? What have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target, so that I am a burden to myself? Now, I need to mention something here in verse 20. It is thought that the translators were so... I want to use the word confused and maybe even troubled, for lack of a better one, by this, am I a burden to myself? Because it's believed that what he was saying actually was, God, am I a burden to you? And the translators sort of, in fact, some of the earlier translations have it and render it as, uh, why have you set me as your target so that I am a burden to you? That actually fits better, doesn't it? In other words, God, why, why do you keep me alive? If, if I'm such a burden to you, why have you targeted me? What have I done to you to deserve this? Just please, can you just leave me alone? What have I done to you? What, how have I sinned to you? Listen to what he says in verse 21. Why then do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? In other words, God, if I have sinned against you so greatly, then certainly you can forgive me of that sin, pardon me of that transgression, take away from me that iniquity. What have I done? What have I done to you? And then he says, for now I will lie down in the dust, and you will seek me diligently, but I will no longer be. You know, as you read that, and let's not be too hard on Job here, okay? I mean, you really think about what's happened to him and everything he's going through. You really can't blame him. But one thing that's interesting is, and it's sad really, is that Job is actually convinced that God is taking pleasure in tormenting him. And he's pleading with God in response to this, just saying, okay, God, it, it does seem that I've done something so grievous against you. My transgression is so great before you that you have targeted me and tormented me. Can you just leave me alone long enough so that I can swallow my saliva? This is actually an idiom in my native tongue of Arabic. It carries with it the idea of just for an instant, like I just swallowed just now. Actually, I have a cough drop, so I had to, but 
just that, that quick, in an instant, the swallowing of the saliva, it's like the twinkling of an eye. Can't you just leave me alone just, just for an instant? Just as, as long as it takes for me to swallow my saliva there, I just did it again. Can you just leave me alone just, just, just for a, a quick moment, please? Here's the thing. What Job doesn't know is that instead of God wanting to torment him, God is looking with great love and great compassion upon him. I'm even going to take it a step further and say this. In a sanctified way, it's like God is very proud of Job. Think about this. Is not all of heaven watching? The creation of God, the heavenly host, is not omnipotent. And neither is Satan, by the way. The only one that knows how this is going to end, the only one that knows that in the end Job will not curse God, is God. Nobody else knows that. Job doesn't even know it. The heavenly host doesn't know it. Satan doesn't know it. As far as they're concerned, the jury is still out. They're watching with bated breath. And can you imagine? Here's God, who knows. That's my boy. That's my boy. Yeah, but he's, he's getting pretty dark here. Yeah, but come on. Like you would do any better? I mean, what, what if that were you? You know, I... I don't mean to make anybody feel bad when I say this, myself included, but how many of us have said, man, I feel like Job? Oh, (laughs) you do? Wow. (laughs) No, you don't. No, you, no. You have no idea. You have no idea. One of the things that I'm learning in my Christian life is that I have no idea how I would respond in a situation that someone is in. I mean, I think we're so quick to look at people and even become critical of people when they falter and fail in the face of such unspeakable adversity and here's, here's what we're saying when we do that. We're saying, man, if that were me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. How do you know that? How do you know that? Unless you're in that situation, tasting from that cup, walking in those shoes, you can't say that because you don't know. And this is essentially what Job's friends are doing. In, in fact, we we saw with Eliphaz uh, last week that it was like he was saying to Job, if I were you, this is what I would do. Really? If I were you, Job, this is Eliphaz. Look at, look at the, the pride and the, the arrogance of saying to Job, he can't even look at him. He's sitting there on a pile of ashes in a rubbish heap scraping these boils that cover him from head to toe. All ten of his children have been killed. They're dead. He's lost all of his children. His wife has 
basically given up on him. She can't bear to see him. And here he is sitting in this situation. And you're telling me, Eliphaz, that you'll, you have the audacity to say to somebody like that, suffering like that, if I were you, you know, if I were God, I would say, what did you say? If I were you? Oh. <laughs> Let it be done. Pow! Oh yeah. Hey, uh, I want to make sure I don't uh, <laughs> say anything I'll, I'll regret later, but... Um, I just, it's, it's a sanctified satisfaction of saying, oh really, what were you saying now? What were you saying about if you were me, this is what you would do? Look at you now. Look at you now. How does it feel to have the shoe on the other foot? Here I am. <laughs> getting upset with Eliphaz. I'm Eliphaz! And so are you too. So again, don't look at me like that. We're all Eliphaz. We're all so smug in our piety. And we're so quick in our judgment. And it's without compassion. And it's without love. But God. God is compassionate. It's it's almost like God is saying, Oh, Job, just hang in there, buddy. <laughs> just a little bit longer. I mean, here's Job pleading with God. God, answer me. Why, why, why? What have I done? And yet the Lord remains silent. And that's a problem. The problem is, God cannot yet reveal to Job why. He will. Oh, Job's going to be so glad that God didn't answer and grant him what he desired the most, that he would die. Because you know how this ends, right? You know the end of the story. Um, twice what he had. on on all fronts, across the board. And I can't wait to get to the end of the book. We know how it ends, but Job doesn't yet know how it ends. And God can't tell Job yet how it ends. He must remain silent until the time comes. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the greatest difficulties that we have as Christians, it would have to be God's silence in our suffering. That is the hardest thing. Even when it seems like our prayers bounce off the ceiling, we we are in the Word of God, and it just seems like that God is withholding from us any response to us. And that's a great difficulty for us. But here's the thing. We actually want God to remain silent. And here's why. Because were he to explain the reason for our suffering, he would and could, in effect, 
nullify the purpose of our suffering. Let me explain that. With Job, were God to explain that this was a test? Job, I'm going to answer you. Here's what's going on. You've suffered enough. Okay, here's what's happening. So Satan came up to me, basically asked for permission. I gave it to him. The challenge was, the bet was, that if I allowed him to do all of this to you, that he would curse you. And I said, you're on, because I knew you wouldn't. And that's why? That's like giving him the answers to the test so he could pass it. (laughs) And it would completely nullify everything. It would defeat the entire purpose. Oh, that's why? Well, if that's the case, then I'm never going to curse you. Bring on the boils. Right? I know that's kind of a crass way to illustrate it, but isn't that, the thing about this, okay, you're in a trial, and you're begging God, you're pleading with God, God, why, why are you allowing this to happen? And God acquiesces. This is okay, JD, I, you know what, I was going to wait, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, okay, here's why. You're going, oh, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to have to go through that test again. I don't like retaking tests. I never did in high school. In fact, I didn't like not just retaking tests. I didn't like taking tests, period. And there does come that time in our lives where God is going to test us and try us. And sometimes it's for no other reason than to show us us in the face of that. See, God already knows how Job is going to do with this test. Job doesn't. Job doesn't know yet how he's going to do when this is all said and done. And God cannot, for Job's sake, God cannot explain to him why it is that this is happening to him. It would completely thwart the entire purpose, defeat the entire purpose of why this is happening. Chapter 8, we're going to be introduced (laughs) to a guy by the name of Bildad, the Shuhite. He answered and said, How long will you speak these things? And the words of your mouth be like a strong wind. Are you kidding me? Job has just got done pouring his heart out, bearing his soul. Come on, you guys. I need a friend here. I mean, shouldn't you just be a little bit compassionate to me? I mean, here, here you say I've sinned. Shouldn't you be all the more compassionate and kind to me? And what does this Bildad say? He's basically saying when he says, the, the words of your mouth are like a strong wind. Um, you're a windbag. You've heard that expression? You haven't? Oh yeah. In other words, you're full of hot air. I've heard that expression a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm keenly aware, intimately familiar with this particular figure of speech. You're full of it. Yeah? That's what he's saying. You're full of hot air. 
You're just a windbag. Verse 3. Oh, it gets better. Does God subvert judgment? Or does the Almighty pervert justice? And then he does this. If your sons have sinned against him, he has cast them away for their transgression. Wow. You remember Eliphaz now. His accusation was, uh, God killed your sons because of your sin. You know what this guy's saying? He's saying, God killed your sons, not just because of your sins, because of their sins too. Wow. What's that saying? I think we've, we've uh, uh, talked about this. With friends like that, who needs enemies? Really? He has cast them away for their transgression. If you would earnestly seek God, this is another uh, case here with Bildad. You know, if I were you, this is what I would do. I would seek God. If you would earnestly seek God and make your supplication to the Almighty, if you were pure and upright, surely now He would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. This, this kills me, okay? This is what he's saying to Job. He's saying, you know what, Job? You could put an end to this right now. You want to know how, Job? If you would seek God and repent and confess your sin. You could bring an end to this right now. <laughs> well, let's, let's read on. Verse 7. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. For inquire, please, of the former age, and consider the things discovered by their fathers. For we were born yesterday and know nothing, because our days on earth are a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and utter words from their heart? Can the papyrus grow up without a marsh? Can the reeds flourish without water? In other words, this is that cause and effect. This is that tit for tat. In other words, uh, just like a papyrus would not grow up without a marsh or reed flourish without water, so too would not a man suffer unless there was sin. He's basically echoing, arguably more eloquently than Eliphaz, the same exact accusation that Eliphaz had. It's, you're in sin, Job. You're in sin. That's the reason for all of this. Verse 12, while it is yet green and not cut down, it withers before any plant. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D.'s teaching in the book of Job. There's much more to learn, but sadly, that's all the time we have for on today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Subscribe to our podcast while you're there and receive new messages as soon as they're made available. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips, ready to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
Keep up to date with the Midi's Prophecy Updates with our mobile app as well. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. shares current world events and how they relate to the end-time prophecies found in the Bible. The information provided is intended to stir in us an urgency to share the good news of Jesus before He returns to judge the world. There's so much to learn each week, and Pastor J.D. does a great job of getting us the information we need. Find out more on our YouTube channel at InSpiritInTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us today, and be sure to tune in next time to keep studying through Job on In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old ways.